Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another great, super cool radio interview. I'm your host, as always, Matthew Thomas. Thank you so much for tuning in. I have an awesome guest joining me at this time. He's a musician, actor, and music producer. Recently, he released a brand new single entitled The Wolf through Pavement Entertainment. Please welcome Wes Cage. Thank you. Thank you for having me. It's an honor to be here. Of course, of course. Awesome to have you on the podcast. I know we got like a lot to discuss, obviously, with the new single, The Wolf, the music video for it. You've been uh, very busy for the last couple months. Yes, indeed. Uh, and, you know, this song was written a while back, and it finally, you know, we finally have released this on October 27th. And uh, I'm, I'm liking the results so far. Oh, no, for sure. I, I really like the single, but also uh, I know and we're going to be talking about a lot of the wolf, you know, throughout this interview, but uh, also the music video for it. I was watching it before this interview and um, I just really like the, the location you picked for it and um, just a story being told. Thank you so much. Yeah, the uh, location is uh, in downtown L.A., a restaurant called La Grande, which is just phenomenal. I mean, and they have a great ambiance and um you can also get quite quite a tremendous amount of uh, kind of upscale fancy food for a reasonable price there. So it's a pretty cool place. <laughs> oh no, it definitely looks like it. And uh, how was like um, you know picking that restaurant? Like how did how did you guys like you know uh, like make the connection? Like pick it out and like uh, you know film the video there. Well, a family friend named Gary, uh, he he kind of showed us all the restaurant. We thought it was just so opulent and, and awesome looking. You know that especially the the kind of darker walls and stuff in there was very dramatic and uh, especially for a music video that's as uh, philosophically intense as the wolf was thought was it was elite although it definitely is and again, i like the story being told in the in the uh, music video also i like like the um uh, you know, I believe it's it's the same character, like the person, the you know, the homeless looking person beginning, plus um, you know, the person playing like the piano and stuff. Like, is that the same character throughout the whole video? Absolutely, is yes. All right, on right now, it it looks uh, incredible. I really like um, like the uh, the skull kind of half mask that you have. Like, uh, how how did that come about? How did you uh, uh, make that? Well, that was uh, that mask, which I, I love too, was a original design of someone named Miriam Harat Union. She's a um, a designer in LA and uh, she had started making some pretty unique um, jewelry and, and accessories and the producers involved, they um, saw that from her and we, we had to, had to definitely incorporate that in the video, especially because of the, the wolf, you know, the, the more elevated polarity. He, he kind of also has a, not ominous, but as there's an intimidating energy from him when the more destitute lower half is looking at him like, oh my goodness, who is this guy? So it really works. Oh, you know, it matched the, the vibe of the music video so well. And I, I just really like how, how it looked and how detailed it is as well. Thank you so much. So uh, we've talked a lot about the music video, but I do want to talk about the uh, also the writing process for The Wolf. So like, when did you start like writing... Um, the wolf like uh you know when did this start uh like creating when did you start creating the the, uh, the wolf well um blasco and i my my manager who's a, a man of just tremendous 
brilliance and uh, legacy. He um, in 2021 he had me go on a uh, kind of a series of writing sessions, and it was difficult because every single musician I worked with was brilliant, um, and every song that we made was also very catchy and uh you know also pretty um pretty exquisite but the thing was is that the one i did with keith uh keith wall and a breaking benjamin the and then also the i think a lot of it too was the concept you know about about the wolf and it just something about it blasco felt that that was the most opportune to go with um first so Keith and I did work remotely, um, and yeah, you know that it—it it was amazing how we kind of we, we we made that via digital means. You know, it was, it's amazing what you can do now. But um, you know, uh, after he had done that with me, uh, I went in and and did a, a vocal on it, and then we uh, was off to the races. Oh, that sounds really cool. Now, have you met met uh, Keith before this, or just guys just started writing together? I, I never met him before this. This was the first time meeting. We went straight into a writing session in five minutes. Oh, wow, <laughs> wow. So, so how was like that chemistry of like you know just meeting somebody, then going right into a writing session? Well, I could tell he was a uh, just by kind of like you know. I could intuitively tell based off his demeanor and the way the way he spoke and played music that he was just an extraordinarily evolved musician, uh, not an egoic guy too. So it, it would be very easy to write with him, and I feel like we uh, we both captured the same. We were both aware of the same concept, and yeah, that's just so so cool. Like you know, uh, um, just to meet somebody, then just going right into a writing session, and have it work so well that you know the pro the final product is the wolf, a killer song. And again, I really like just the um, just the story being told uh, throughout the song. It's just really cool. So like, how did how did like the concept and like what is like for anyone who hasn't checked out the wolf? What is like the concept of the wolf? Thank you so much. Uh, the concept of the wolf is um, about the dichotomy of the lower and higher self which I really believe in. And it's something that, you know, someone doesn't have to be spiritual to believe they could be an atheist and, or an agnostic and believe it. Cause this, this part of us that's really elevated and that's capable of doing pretty much everything we want to do. And there's also a part of us that I don't like to look at as a darkness because darkness isn't necessarily a bad thing because I don't mean it as in like evil and stuff, but there's a part of us that's very low and it, there's kind of a, a sick critic and narrator that could tell people that they're the world's better off without them and that they can't accomplish what they want to do and that they they're a loser all these things like that and we wanted to really show that the importance of the higher self and uh the wolf is another term for that like becoming the the go-getter becoming the, the 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 active uh and and um powerful force that pursues their dreams um and that's that's a huge thing about it you know it's uh and and also you know the 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 people who are destitute and you know it, it's only going to get worse when they believe that they that they're never going to be on their feet again 
and that's just an example of when the lower lower half wins you know when it's it's like it, you know maybe if this per if these people were positive they'd start when, when these people do get positive about life they do wind up getting on their feet because of some creative idea or something but yep <laughs> oh no for sure and definitely um you know it definitely uh, i i picked it up and it resonates with me because there you know there's some days where like i'm like just in my own way and i'm my like my worst critic with stuff and there's some days like man i got I, I'm, I'm on my goals i got my mindset correct like it, it's definitely it's very fluid you know too and it's expect for many people as well they have the some days where they're really hard on themselves or like down on themselves and there's some days where like i'm the king of the world and i'm you know doing everything i want to do kind of thing absolutely absolutely it's uh it's definitely a, a mixture and there's so many fluctuations um it's amazing how the the positive more elevated part of the mind is very fluid and very there's like a flow state whereas the the one that's negative it's kind of like the person's freezing uh they're freezing up you know it's, it's it's a very it can it can really remove a lot of energy in someone but i feel like if someone can give themselves like only one second of you know not the a super negative critic but only a second of maybe the negative to be aware of one perspective and then move on to 10 other perspectives that are positive Oh no, exactly. And you know, um, you know, with you know, if you focus too much on like the nature, you become very uh, stagnant with it. You know, things you just get stuck in that mindset. No, it, it's good. You have to have you know any kind of you know criticism. Uh, you know, it's good to have that way. We you know better yourself as a person, but don't get like stuck and like hung up and don't dwell on it because then you're just going to become very stagnant and negative. Absolutely. I mean, it, it, even uh, you know, like there there was one time when. I was about 19 before I became a really, I was able to do songwriting, but I wasn't able to, to do songwriting so spontaneously and extemporaneously and quick as I can do it now, which gives a more unfiltered sound. That's more like an instinctual, but uh, there was one year where I only wrote a verse instead of, <laughs> you know, now where I write, you know, roughly three to five songs a month. So... Oh, no, for sure. And I'm curious, like, your approach to music and music writing, um, like, has, like, your life experiences kind of, like, uh, changed your approach and uh, on music? It has. It's, um, you know, I, I, nowadays I see usually, like, a, a chorus or intro first with the kind of a graphic connected to it, which is, which I really am happy about now that I, that I see, like, a concept. Um, from there, I just expand as much as possible. Oh, no, that, that's really cool especially to kind of get that concept in your head and then you know obviously translate it to uh, music so like so for you like um is it like lyrics first then music or is it like a mix like uh what, what do you kind of work on first it's usually music and a title first or a word that i know i want in the song lyrically and as the title by some way if it's some synonym even but for example, like I'll, what one concept that I talk a lot about too, even more than the higher and lower self is inner fire. And, you know, if I'm, if I'm writing, I'll be writing a song and I'll be thinking about inner fire. I know that I'm going to say that in some way, um, be that inner fire or sun within or something like that. But 
I'll start writing the music based off that so I can get that sound. And then afterwards, I will fill in, in every verse, pre-chorus, chorus, middle eighth with the lyrics. Oh, that's really cool. Like just, you know, just to be able to develop like that and, uh, you know, just fill in, you know, where you need. Uh, so like for you, like, um, like how, not like how quickly, but like how, when you're like writing music, like how do you know, like when it's done and you're like, I want to record this kind of thing? Well, I usually know when it's done when I have those, the courses and verses down, uh, pre-courses I have like an idea of, and then what I do is I'll just sometimes write, record as I, I'll write as I record. So like I'll, I'll, I'll just go straight to the um, DAW I'm working with and start recording it in professional software and laying down drums. Um, I usually know it's done when I could listen to the song without critiquing it. You know, when I when I'm like, oh, okay, that transition's perfect. There, there's undeniable just um, cohesion and and um, songwriting in it. Oh no, for sure, for sure. And but all, you know, also you gotta make you know make sure like you're happy with it before obviously you release it. You know, because you have to be, you know the way I look at it, like you have to be happy with something before you release it. Because if you're not happy with it, then other people, you know, you know it, it changes your kind of perspective on things. Absolutely, it does. And my manager, being an incredible musician himself, you know, he's he puts his own spin on things sometimes and says, "Let's do it this way," or you know, we can make the song swing a little bit instead of sounding so you know on the dot or something like that you know and and it winds up being extraordinary from 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 his input too oh no definitely for sure i do got just one more to uh topic i did want to cover about music and i got a few other things i did want to cover with you uh but like for you for the wolf what was like the biggest like edit or change that was made from like the concept of the song like to the finished product I think the biggest, um, well, the biggest change was, uh, I mean, something that was was destined to happen uh, because I, my being the the voice of my project, but um, it was intimidating too because uh, Keith Wallen's voice is, you know, astonishing. But his his voice was on the song first so that I could go into the studio and sing it myself. But to keep up with someone of that level, you know, uh, that, w that was a lot. Um, uh, people know me more from my baritone vocals and, you know, uh, alto and stuff like that, but I, I was able to, to do it. And, and I, I like that register for myself. Oh no, for sure. It, it came out amazing, and you know, it's very interesting. So you know, Keith, um, you know, had the vocals first for it, and you know, Keith Breaking Benjamin, amazing band, uh, and to kind of you know to be you know obviously not only to work with him but also to you know sing, but have you know his voice originally probably a little bit of a challenge for it uh, as well. Absolutely. I mean, all, all all we had, he had this full studio. I I have a full studio now set up, but at that time I just had my grand piano. Um. And we would just go back and forth until we had this thing written, uh, true entity. 
fun out for sure. And again, the wolf currently out, available right now. The music video is on YouTube. I will leave some links for the wolf in the description. Make sure to check it out because I'm a huge fan. And Wes, so like obviously the wolf, you know, brand new single. Um, you know, when you know, we're gonna expect more music from Wes Cage. Absolutely. Um, I have about six songs that I would like to transfer into the uh, a West Cage album uh, and, and just more songs that um, and to, to write more as well. Um, so I really feel like I could get something together that would be current and uh, have a lot of diversity as well. All right, on. Well, I'm definitely looking forward to more new music. With anything like The Wolf, I'm super excited to hear more new music from you. Thank you so much. Uh, so I do just got a few more things I did want to cover real quick, and then we'll be you know close out this interview. But I, so obviously, I read that you were also an actor. Uh, so for you, like I, you know, I saw some of you know, the roles you played in some of the movies. Uh, what's like been like some of your favorite roles as an actor? Well, one of the the best roles I've ever played was. A character named Adrian Rybakov from a movie uh, called Assault on VA-33. And that was with um, Michael Jai White and uh, Sean Patrick Flannery. I played a, uh, I played a Russian terrorist that had, uh, had a syndicate of fellow terrorists that were all about getting money in their... Um, mission but all i wanted was the safety of my brother and it kind of made him a different breed of villain because he technically just he didn't want the money so it's almost like he wasn't you know he, he he would do things in in an in a you know inappropriate way but he was a good man somewhere that got taken over by ptsd and the lead uh, has PTSD and is in a VA hospital. So people say it's like die hard in the hospital pretty much. <laughs> uh, and it's a, it's a pretty, pretty intense film. That's one of my favorite characters I've ever played. Uh, and then, uh, I did a, uh, a movie called D day, you know, uh, it, 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 it I think it was, it's a good, reference i mean maybe some kids studying the battle of normandy or something like that about world war ii if they they find that and watch it it'll be it would be educational for these people in the future but i played a guy named lieutenant colonel rudder who really existed and i i was playing someone who who's much more strategic and organized than myself and uh, way more mature than i am and i i i really had to do a lot of meditation and, and sell it to where, and it works. It works. I was calling people older than me, son, and they were like, you know, looking at me like I was their dad in a way. So it was, it was intense, but transformative. Oh, no, yeah, for sure. Definitely. And like, so for roles like that, you know, where's the, you know, a different character than, you know, yourself, but also, you know, more intense as well. Like, like, how do you prepare for roles like that? For that, I really, I really rely on um, my spirituality, meditations to help me, and 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 kind of my awareness of the character and the story to really help me um, do things naturally, almost like an instinct. Um, but then I also do a tremendous amount of research. Uh, 
especially with you know sometimes like what i'll do is is it like for intensity like you asked about like for the character adrian you know that there's no scene that shows this but i just wanted to pretend like he i, I have my own false memory a real memory for the character but i i made up the memory that my character you know had like a, an issue in chechnya when he was a russian soldier that 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 caused some severe trauma and i kind of tried to imagine that and then and show let's see how that would translate on the camera if, if someone could see that i had some tension in me because of that almost like he was ruminating that is really cool and you know very dedicated uh to the acting role and the character itself uh to you know create something like that and then uh to kind of you know evolve you know uh, not evolve but uh kind of move forward you know with the character with that false memory i like that. that's cool thank you man yeah it's something i i tried using a bit you know one time i did a movie called 211 with my dad um it's a, a high uh, uh what do you call it a crime heist movie about uh guys that break into a bank for that, I wanted to sh I wanted to show that my that that character those guys really had severe PTSD. Um, I've done a lot of movies about that topic, but I I would kind of like think about things that were off topic, so that my eyes looked like they were like disconnected from the scene, so that I looked like I was even you know more of a mentally disturbed individual. <laughs> <laughs> So I like those small details that like actors you know add to their character because you know it just makes it more real uh, for you know for the person watching. I, I like those small details. Thank you, man. Definitely, they those small details and subtleties definitely goes a long way. Oh yeah, for sure, for sure. So I'm curious for you, like, what has been like the the most challenging role that you have taken as an actor? Well, Lieutenant Colonel Rudder of of um d-day the uh the writer of the the film jeff meads before he met me thought to himself i feel very bad for who whichever actor is going to play this guy because of the amount of dialogue um i mean we're talking like you know okay a team b team uh flank left flank right and then sergeant this staff sergeant that uh you know, like Captain this, like literally just, I mean, it was literally sometimes two to three pages straight of dialogue and uh, commands to uh, mil to mi military commands. And then I, I also had to do scenes where I would stand up in front of the, you know, second ranger battalion and, and tell them, you know, <laughs> tell them the plan and, and, and what we're going to do. And it, it, it was literally nonstop. So dialogue wise, that would be the hardest. Uh, but recently I've, um, let's think more recently. Uh, I, I, I speak pretty good Russian, but n not enough to where I'm like, you know, I can say I'm fluent still or anything like that, but I did, uh, I did do a movie with my friend James Colin Bresic, um with Jean-Claude Van Damme um, earlier uh, this year. And uh, I, I did have to uh, improv in Russian, which was a little like, oh my God, can I do that? And I was able to, I was able to do it. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Yeah. You know, being put on the spot like that to, you know, improv, especially in a language, uh, you know, not your native language. Uh, that's definitely on the spot, you know, very, uh, very challenging. 
very, very challenging. And, uh, you know, Russian is such a, there's, there's some sounds, you know, some letters that other languages that are in Slavic don't really put together. And it's like, especially letters that aren't vowels, so many of those being together, it's, it's a little, it's definitely exhausting sometimes. Well, I, I, I bet for sure. For sure. So I, I'm curious, um, do you have any uh, more acting roles coming up uh, in the next few years? Yes. Uh, I've also written two scripts with my fiance, Melinda, who is the most profound being I've ever met and the woman I've always been looking for. We wrote those two scripts. And then uh, we also have uh, um, some other things in the works I'm trying to get made. All right. Well, I, I definitely look forward, uh, you know, obviously with the music side, but also uh, more acting roles as well for us. So I definitely look forward. So as I'm closing out this interview, so um, like what are, what are the plans for 2024 for West Cage? For 2024, it would be definitely uh, more more music um, and getting getting on the into playing some concerts as well as getting merch available. Um uh, what else? Uh, and then some, a lot, a lot of films, uh, you know, I, I'm the, it's, it's amazing how the acting propels the music and the music propels the acting into a different, uh, different heights. Oh, you know, they definitely work, you know, together, obviously you know, building one builds the other kind of thing. So I definitely look forward to it. I, I'd love to see, hopefully get some live shows. I'd love to see you in concert. I think that would be awesome. So definitely look forward to seeing, uh, you know, how 2024 goes for you. And I do wish you the best for 2024. And I, I look forward to know more new music and more movies as well. Thank you, brother. Blessings to you and best 2024 for you as well. Thank you so much. And last thing before I sign off. So uh, for everyone watching and listening, uh, where are the best places to find West Cage online? Well, I keep my, my Instagram like an active domain of just nonstop content and, and, and music and, and acting. So uh, at Weston Cage Coppola um, on Instagram. Also, YouTube has the, the video officially from Pavement the Wolf. Uh, interviews can be found usually there. Um podcast and then itunes and spotify right on i will leave some links for west cage in the description as i said make sure to check out and support him west thank you so much for hanging out i had a fantastic time chatting with you i had a fantastic time as well feelings mutual brother thank you <laughs> very welcome for west cage i'm your host as always matthew thomas thank you so much for watching and listening to super cool radio and remember stay frosty